Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. I hope your week is going well. Uh, today we're answering the question, what does it mean to fear the Lord? The word fear today is rather unpopular. If you want to not make waves and not get people upset with you who have some semblance of Bible knowledge, uh, just avoid the word fear, and you're good. But it's not that easy. Clearly, the scriptures are not afraid of us and our criticisms. In fact, fear is healthy. The fear of the Lord is healthy, despite what you perhaps have read today or heard today or what even you yourself believe about fear. The fear of the Lord is one of the most helpful and healthy elements of a person's life under God. But rather than talking about the benefits, the question is, what does it truly mean to fear the Lord? What does that mean? Well, once again, uh, we can use a canonical approach to understand somewhat of an abstract idea and make it a little bit more concrete. And there are a number of books that we could go to to approach canonically to answer this question. What does it mean to fear the Lord? And hopefully, as a result of our time together, you might be able to gauge yourself a little bit more accurately as to whether you fear the Lord in the way that the Scripture calls us to fear. There are different words that come to mind when we think about the fear of the Lord. One is dread, not dreads hairstyle that certain people have, but dread. You just dread something. Another word is scared. Scared to death. Is that appropriate? Another word that is used in the same context is the word awe. Not A-W, but A-W-E. Someone is in awe of the Lord. Uh, these are some of the terms that come up during the discussion. But I'd like to turn to a familiar book, at least familiar in terms of terminology, the book of Proverbs, because the book of Proverbs addresses the fear of the Lord from a canonical standpoint. It addresses it in a way that we have a better understanding if we start at the start, at the beginning, and go to the end. The book of Proverbs is a moral compass for young women and young men. And it begins with addressing some of the purposes of the book, and then the motto M-O-T-T-O, the motto of the book itself is contained in 1-7, Proverbs 1-7. And I'll read it for you. It says, the fear of Yahweh, or the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. 
Let's unpack that just for a minute. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Beginning has the idea of a prerequisite. Now, if you've been to college and you wanted to go to college to study a certain topic, you were required to take some prerequisites. You know, some general English classes, perhaps in sociology and psychology and history. These are called prerequisites. They form the foundation for further study. Well, the writer of Proverbs is telling us that the fear of the Lord is kind of like those introductory courses that you have to take in a humanities curriculum. Or if you were studying to be a doctor, there's some things that you would really have to understand first, like physical anatomy. I mean, would you take your son to a doctor who never had physical anatomy course? Well, would you take your son to someone, a teacher, a professor, a mentor, a discipler, a youth pastor, who doesn't have a prerequisite? Would you? Well, it says that the fear of the Lord is the prerequisite of knowledge, the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of how to live my life. So um, the writer is telling us is unless you have the fear of the Lord, the door is closed to further education. Yeah, you can't get into this school. You can't study the rest of the curriculum. To begin studying and following this moral compass that the writer draws up, the first class that you must take is called the fear of the Lord. What is that? Defined, and sometimes definitions help get our arms around a slippery topic, a difficult topic. The, the fear of the Lord is a man or woman who displays submission to God's word, to God's revealed word in the scripture because he or she holds the divine author in reverential reverential awe, an awe that is unmatched with anyone else. So once again, if we wanted to understand what it is, it's a submission to God's scripture, to God's revealed word, because it's more than just a book. It's because we hold the author of that book with reverential awe, an awe that we cannot therefore compare with any other awe. And we're awed by a lot of things. Some people are awed by fireworks on the 4th of July. Or some people are awed by the sight of Niagara Falls. Others are awed by a flight of F-16 jets flying overhead in formation like the Thunderbirds. Those things create, wow, did you see that? But the Mount Everest of all senses of awe would be towards the divine author. Of scripture and that divine awe produces a sense of submission to what the scripture has to say. There are two elements in it that are sometimes hard to put together because they do appear to contradict. One is one element of this awe is a shrinking back, a healthy shrinking back because we are approaching someone who is totally transcendent someone so large and so big and so beyond our borders and our ability to even understand that we shrink back with a sense of fear. But on the other hand, there is a sense of drawing near. There is a sense of don't simply shrink back. Come near. Come approach this awesome God and get to know him. So we have two almost contradictory elements 
One, shrink back in fear. But the other is held in tension with the other. We draw close in awe and reverential love. The two together produce the fear of the Lord. So in the writer in chapter 1, verse 7, of Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning, the prerequisite of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and knowledge. A fool is someone who says what? No God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And only the fool would say that. So fool and fear are held in juxtaposition as polar opposites, fearing the Lord and being a fool. Now, we've suggested that one way to understand Proverbs and the fear of the Lord is a canonical approach. Let me pick that thread back up. At the end of this section in, in Proverbs, which ends at chapter 9, that's right, the section begins chapter 1, that makes sense. <laughs> books, books begin with chapter 1. But this section in the book of Proverbs ends in chapter 9. And it's no surprise that the writer wants to inject this key theme before we end the section. It's like someone's writing a book about one particular important point, and he places it right at the beginning, so you don't trip over it. But before the chapter ends, he throws it in there once again. I'd like to read that for you. It's in chapter 9, and he says, um, if I can find my place here, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's chapter 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Notice how he has placed two thoughts together. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the prerequisite of wisdom, and knowledge, that's in parallel with fear, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So knowing the fear of the Lord, practicing the fear of the Lord, has a lot to do with knowing this Holy One, knowing what he is like and who he is like, that he is an awesome divine being worthy of total and absolute trust as well as respect. So the fear of the Lord is the prerequisite for anybody in this journey of wisdom in knowledge who wants to know God and be wise in, for the days of his life. Well, we're not done, though. We're not done with Proverbs, and we're not done with the fear of the Lord. So stay with me for just a minute. Hopefully, this will be clear and brief. And thanks for listening. At the end of the book of Proverbs, the very tail end, and again, the book of Proverbs is written in a very organized fashion. At the end, we are introduced to the concept of wisdom in the form of a woman. Chapter 1, chapter 31, verse 10, is a poem, an acrostic poem, about, in, about this woman. And in Hebrew, she is the Eshet Chayil. She's the valiant woman. A valiant woman who can find is how the Proverbs begins. And the answer to that question is, well, not many in reality. <laughs> who can find? Not many. But in the Hebrew Bible, by the way, not the English version, but in the Hebrew Bible, the very next verse, the very next book is the book of Ruth. And guess who we find in the book of Ruth? We find Boaz saying about Ruth that everyone in the gate knows that she is a what? An eshet, hayil. She is a valiant woman. So we have an illustration of what 
this woman is. But I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'm taking a, a rabbit trail, which I'm famous for doing sometimes. At the end of this poem, chapter 31, the writer says, Charm is deceitful. This is chapter 31 of Proverbs. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is fleeting. <clears throat> but, or as for the woman who fears the Lord, she should be praised. Now, isn't that remarkable? That the book begins with fear. It ends with fear. It begins with fear saying it's the prerequisite of both knowledge, a little later the prerequisite of wisdom and understanding, and the book ends with an illustration of a human being, a woman, who is someone who fears the Lord and therefore should be praised. Do you see the strategy? As you come to the end of the book of Proverbs, you say, well, I want to be the person who's praised. I want to be the one who is gaining these accolades. And the writer would say, yeah, okay. But here's where you begin. It's the fear of the Lord. And the point is, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. What's he saying? Well, for the most part, people believe that their charm and their beauty will bring happiness. That's what they believe. But those are lies because both of them are fleeting. They don't stay. Beauty fades. Man, when you get old, that beauty just begins to move away. And with it, the promise of happiness. You've been deceived in thinking that beauty is going to bring you happiness. But on the other hand, you want praise that won't fade? <laughs> you want praise that won't fade with the wrinkles and the bald spots? As for the woman who fears the Lord, who holds the divine author in awe, she shall be praised. So we're thinking about this very abstract concept. What does it mean to fear the Lord? We've gone to Proverbs. We've looked at the opening trumpet call. Fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We went to the end of that section and found out the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It contains a couple of elements, shrinking back but drawing close, holding the divine author in awe, and therefore having a submissive attitude towards the scripture. And then the writer says, let me put a cherry on top of this cake. Let me put some dessert here. Here's a woman. She is a valiant woman, and she illustrates what it means to have a reverential submission towards the divine author and his word. And as a result of that, she will be praised. In Hebrew literature, where we are coming to the realization that the Hebrew writers had great respect for the faith of women, for their character, and for how they, just like men, can illustrate the godliness of which the great men and women of the Bible have longed for all their lives. So, our next um, episode is coming up, and I want to talk about how we should, therefore, interpret the book of Proverbs. It's a place where words, where verses are really taken out of context, and a lot of crazy stuff can come from a misunderstanding of the book of Proverbs. But I don't want to let the cat out of the bag quite yet. So come on back, and thanks for listening.
Thank you for joining us this episode. And remember to send all your questions to questions for Pastor Tim at gmail.com.